Hey, I'm Drew, and you're listening to the Citizen Coder Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Michael Page, a PHP developer in the UK and a member of the PHP Ugly Discord. We talk about family members in World War II, a unique way to get a job as a developer, Michael mixes up Vim hotkeys, and so much more. Let's dive in. Why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself real quick. Hi there, uh, I'm Michael Page. Uh, I'm a PHP developer, and I'm part of the PHP Ugly community, so most people there will know me as Mike Page Dev. That's pretty much me. <laughs> nice. Um, you're, uh, you're in the UK? I am, yes. Uh, whereabouts, if, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, yeah, I I live in Milton Keynes, which is about fifty miles north of London. Okay, all right. Yeah, London's kind of the focal point for uh, where you located questions. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I talked to another guy uh, who is uh, he's some some way south of London, uh, but uh, yeah, London's kind of the kind of the hub i guess or is is the area you live in is that kind of a smaller area or is it uh milton Keynes is not as big as uh, as uh london but it's quite a, a big area for industry um we we're right next to one of the main what you would call the highway um that goes from of london up north so there's a lot of uh, business here a lot of uh, distribution centers here Okay, so it's mainly kind of, uh, I guess, a shipping. Um, it's it's mix and match. There's loads of stuff here. Um, Milton Keynes was originally um, the idea of Milton Keynes was to try try and um, deal with the overspill from London. So they started oh. to, We're a new new city, so it sort of oh. started sixties, seventies building, and it's a lot of little villages in the area that have kind of all been swallowed up by, by Milton Keynes. So there's, there's a lot of history here as well. Loads and loads of history. Um, one of the biggest bits of history is um, Bletchley, Bletchley Park, which was mm -hmm. instrumental in World War Two in cracking the Enigma code. Oh, okay, Germany. nice. Yeah, so that, that's part of Milton Keynes, and that's where I was actually sort of raised, was sort of a stone's throw away from, from that, that uh, house where they... They cracked the code. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I've heard a little bit about that. I'm mm -hmm. not like, I'm not super up on my World War II history, although I try to, I you know, I do some reading here and there. Uh, I actually had a um, a great uncle that was a paratrooper in World War II. Wow. We actually named our son after him. He uh, he was shot down over. Was he a paratrooper? I think he was a paratrooper. So uh, he was captured by Germans. He spent um, six months in a concentration camp mm -hmm. and then was rescued by the Russians when they came through. And then when he got home, he uh, his family was gone. You know, he got he got home to whatever where, wherever house, you know, uh, him and his wife and family lived in. And they had already. Uh, they had already, I guess, moved out of the house and everything because they thought he was dead. Oh wow! And 
newspapers uh, actually helped track him down. So we've got some newspaper articles about that, which is kind of neat. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, there's, I think everyone, when you talk to anyone, anyone's got some sort of history. My great grandfather was a communications officer in a tank mm. regiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I've, I'm never sure if I actually get this story right. Unfortunately, um, my <laughs> grandparents aren't with us anymore, so I can't clarify. Verify. But sure. the story that I remember it is that towards the end of the Blitz, Blitz of London, because my family originally come from sort of that London area. Um, I was actually born just outside of London. Um, yeah. He His family home took a direct hit from one of the bombs. Oh, wow. And they managed somehow to get allow him to have leave to come home for the funeral. Mm. Uh, for the funerals. And when, uh, when he went back to continue his service, he had found out that his tank had taken a direct hit and his whole crew had uh, died. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, That's... Uh, I know I knew my great grandfather growing up as a child. Um, yeah. And, and he never, he would never talk about those sorts of things. Um, but it was from my nan that we tried, we kind of slowly eked the story out of her. But uh, yeah, it's this a bit daunting to think of that, that they managed to get him to come home for, uh, for the funerals and then, uh, basically saved his life pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's it. It's, it's one of those things like, and I, I can kind of see why he wouldn't want to talk about it. Mm. Um, you know, I have some friends that spent a lot of time in, um, you know, various actions overseas Mm -hmm. and talking about their experiences isn't something that they like to do. But, you know, when you, when you basically, you come home uh, for funerals because, you know, your family died and then Mm -hmm. your, you know, your other family dies on the other side because, you know, a lot of military guys think of their, you know, their crew and their, their, uh, their group as you know mm-hmm. their family um you know that's just that's got to be harsh yeah yeah it's uh i i don't know, i've i've never i haven't done any sort of military but I've, i have a lot of respect that for anyone that that does it and um i'm i'm one of the sort of people that try and sort into my children that it's very important to know our history and know where we've come from and the sacrifices that people gave to give us the life that we we have now because our life could be completely different now if they didn't do what they did back then oh yeah i i completely agree um you you said you had kids how how many kids do you have um i have one daughter and a stepdaughter okay Uh, what kind what ages uh my daughter is 16 almost 17 she's just started uh uh college um, although over here we we the names the way we name our schooling system is slightly different than how it works for you guys over there because you quite often call college a university what we call a university you call it university yeah right. so she's she's done her so the way it works in the UK is you you do some exams once you're 16 called uh, GCSEs and then you go on to do like either two years in a college to do things like A-levels or stay in the school doing sixth form or do its apprenticeships. And you have to, so you stay in that sort of education mm. 
ground sort of education uh, for another two years to to about 18 so she's just started college and uh, my stepdaughter is 14 um and uh, yeah they, they certainly keep us busy <laughs> so so your schooling system actually includes apprenticeships yes so it's changed over the years so when i went to school which was a while ago um, we could, we left school. At, we could leave at sixteen. It was optional to stay on into in education after sixteen. So I left school at sixteen, um, but I can't remember how long ago it was. But they made it mandatory for uh, people to stay in some sort of education, and within that some sort of ed- education, they include apprenticeships until you're eighteen. So you have to stay in education till you're 18. And one of the options is is like apprenticeships. You've got colleges. You've got sixth form where you can stay on at, at your secondary school for another two years and, and, and continue study, studies there. So from 16 to 18, you can basically learn job skills is that right i mean yeah um my my daughter is learning is doing uh, sports science she's really into sort of the sports she's very sporty um, okay into that you could you could go off and do um courses in uh, in building so uh, bricklaying and, and so on carpentry so you can do very um job related courses once you're 16 it's or but then you can also go into environments where you could um do a variety of different subjects so if you were to stay on in secondary school and do what we call sixth form you would generally have to study two two to three different uh, subjects so you do have your main one you have a few that you just have alongside as well wow okay that's definitely a lot different than our system here um <laughs> We don't have a a system of, well, I mean, you can exit school at 16, but they call that dropping out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and we also don't really have a strong system of apprenticeships or being able to get trade skills mm-hmm. uh, while in high school. I mean... Yeah, they they have like, um, they used to have, I forget, I forget what they called it, um, where you could go and and uh, do some of that kind of stuff. But it's not, it, it's definitely not to the level that the UK has. Mm. Uh, you're not you're not going to go to high school here and learn a trade. You know, if 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 you're interested in a trade, I mean, you can, like I said, you could. They they have they have some schools have classes where you can learn like welding and things like that. Yeah. But it's not, it's not to the level that you would learn it if you went to college for it or went to, you know, went to an actual trade school for it. Yeah. Which, which I think is is something that some people do. Um, Mm -hmm. But, um, and then of course, uh, you know, there are some people here that graduate school early, but, that's because they've actually done all the coursework through 12th grade, which is um, our, our grade system is kindergarten first through 12 and then college. So if you, if you were just like really good, 
<laughs> you could graduate early and go into college or even do college courses while you're in high school. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's not a, it's not a system where you would, you know, you could exit high school and still get your high school diploma <laughs> um, without actually finishing, you know, 12th grade. But, um, but yeah. Um, so, oh yeah. So I have a kid. Um, he's, he's six years old. Cool. So I, I'm constantly thinking about his education. We're, we're currently homeschooling him through okay. a, it's a, it's a virtual Academy. So it's, um, it's actually affiliated with the state. So, you know, it'll be grades, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade, unless we decide to put him in an actual, you know, physical location later. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to kind of start him off, um, doing the virtual thing, you know, <laughs> America's kind of still wild west in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Although where I'm at is, is a lot more quiet. Um, it's a, it's a small town in Arkansas, so it's not, you know, we probably have maybe 20,000 people here. I'd imagine where you're at, it's a lot bigger. Uh, yes. Um, I can't think off the top of head, head what the, the population here is, to be honest. I've never <laughs> really, uh, take much, much note of, note of that, to, which sounds really bad, actually. I probably should know that. Yeah, <laughs> nah. I mean, I only know it because it's it's such a small amount here. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's a good place. Here's a good a good place to raise kids and uh, without fear of too much in the way of violence or th- that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's there are areas like that. Every you know, I think everybody thinks the the, the U.S. is very much like you know everybody's strapping, you know, carrying guns and wandering around with AKs on their backs. <laughs> no, we, we don't think that. Trust me, we don't okay. Think that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> just, just certain areas. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, we have, we do have a lot of people here that carry, but a lot of them hmm. have concealed permits and things like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you, um, you did, did you go to college for programming or, not no. switch, switch gears um, here. Yeah, no. So I left school at sixteen. Okay. Um, I I'm dyslexic. Okay. And had a, quite a hard time with uh, secondary school. Sure. Didn't, didn't do very well in my exams at sixteen. Um, okay. Although I passed everything, it wasn't they weren't they weren't classed as a pass what we would call a pass these days. They, they kind of changed the how how you look at those exams now. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, at that point, I had a lot of sort of teachers and people saying to me that I'd be much better in like a, a labouring job or, or get a trade like a like a brick bricky a bricklayer or, or a plumber or, or some, something something on those sorts of lines. Yeah, um, and none of that really interested me. Um, so when I left, although I, I quite like working in the garden, I've always liked being in the garden. So when I actually left school at 16, I started off as a landscape gardener, um, oh, okay. for a local company, uh, which didn't last very long, um, because of the difficult time I had in 
in, in high school, secondary school for me, it's, I was bullied a lot. So mm -hmm. when I went into that sort of environment, I didn't understand the banter, what we call banter, um, the sort of the right. joking around in the office in, uh, yeah, between each other. So I, I struggle to see that as that's just them trying to have a bit of fun, get me to relax and get into feel, get a feel for the team and sort of just have fun at work. I saw it as bullying, just pure bullying. I couldn't see the difference. So I didn't get on very well with that. Um, so that didn't last, last for very long, to be honest. And then I started um, working in the care industry as a care assistant in nursing homes. Um, and I kind of just bobbled around with a few few different jobs. I've worked in McDonald's for a few years um, and then found myself in retail and I'd done retail for quite a long time, got quite good at it, was sort of managing stores. Mm -hmm. um, and all, it, all through all that time, I've um, in the background a few different hobbies and here and there and one of them was actually performing in um local amateur dramatics uh, oh, okay. musicals on stage right. which was a great release for me i'd been doing it since about 10 years old it was it was the ability for me to just be someone different because i was so i was struggling especially as a child struggling a lot with with uh, my dyslexia the the, the mm -hmm. within school um, yeah. i was quite a small child um like one of the really sort of skinny skinny kids unfortunately had quite big fluffy hair as well and big thick glasses so i was kind of a <laughs> massive target for those bullies sure um, yeah for, for the ones that are good at good at football the soccer as you would call it or the, the sporting right. ones i was there i was the ones that would get pushed around in the in the corridors and things you weren't uh, the jock. No, I definitely was not the jock. <laughs> not not to begin with. I I um in secondary yeah. school I did start to play rugby and I was pretty good at rugby because I could run fast. Oh so, yeah. Um, I don't know if you rugby is mm -hmm. kind of our version of American football. Sure, we um, we have rugby here. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I was a, a winger because okay. I ran fast. They gave me the ball when I was gone. And, I, I'd be up there and, I, and no one it was very rare that someone could catch me so i was i was the one that would just get on the on the wing but they get the ball to me and i just run up the wing, wing as fast as I possibly can do um so i did kind of get into sports i got a lot of sporting background in my family um my grandfather was a semi-professional footballer and an athlete and my nan was a, 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 a an athlete as well and my mum did a lot of running as well so there's quite a bit of sport, sports in my in my background. Um, so I do have that in me, but I wasn't at school. I wasn't um, homing in on that that much because I was still quite small. I was quite, quite scrawny. Um, so uh, amateur dramatics sort of came along. Uh, my dad's side of the family are very musical, so that's where I get the two sort of yeah um, sides of it so amateur dramatics was a release for me so i'd uh, go stand on stage and be someone completely different um w w which was good for me but as i was getting older sort of in my 20s i was still doing the shows with adult groups uh, enjoying performing enjoying entertaining people um at the same time i was starting to get introduced to the technical side of theater so the lighting and sound and I found I actually enjoyed that a lot more than being on stage. 
Oh, okay. Um, so much so that I actually started freelancing as a, a theatre technician. Um, nice. Doing sort of designing lights for shows and right. uh, doing sound for shows. Um, and alongside my da- my day job, sort of in, in retail and doing a few things. Um, unfortunately, I was made redundant from from retail around uh, about two thousand and ten. And wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And at the time, my brother, or two of my brothers, I'll say two of my, I've only got two brothers. So both my brothers were working for uh, a bank yeah. in a call centre that was in, in, this in Milton Keynes. And said, why don't you, what, you've not got any work. What, come and work for us. You, you've got quite a, quite a good um, sort of skill sets that they look for. You, you've dealt with customers face to face, and that's something they, they quite often look for. Um, so yeah, I went to work for the bank in the call centre. Yep. Um, worked there for quite some time. Uh, moved into sort of the, the complaints handling. So I started off in customer services on the phone, um, and then I went into complaints hand, handling. So where I'd, I'd investigate investigate complaints that uh, customers had made, and then had the job of phoning the customer back and explaining my findings. And okay. the, the whole uh, myth of the customer's always right, you find out very quickly <laughs> when you work in those industries, they're not. They're it's not, quite, yeah, they're, they're exactly. Quite often they're wrong, and you've got yeah. to tell them that in some way. So that, I feel, was a, a skill that I developed extremely well, um, learning how to talk to people and give them bad news. Knowing sure, for well yeah. they, they could blow up at you on the phone. I mean, they're on the phone, right. it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, but it's still uncomfortable having someone shout down the phone at you and start oh, I know. throwing you. It's not. It's not pleasant. Um, no, it's not. And <laughs> you know, anytime I have to deal with uh, customer service, I always try to be polite. Mm-hmm. And you know, because I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I worked in retail for a long time, and I've worked in sales. I, I did a lot of uh, cell phone sales at one mm-hmm. point, and. You definitely have to learn how to handle um, not so happy customers in in both of those industries. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's not easy when you've got somebody you know screaming their head off in the phone at you. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. And depending on where you're working, you may not have the option to just click. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't have that. You... Hang, hanging up on the customer was a big no-no. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You were not allowed to do that. So, it, right. It, but it installed a lot of skills. Uh, whilst mm-hmm. I was working there, though, um, I was doing a few other things. I started doing a bit of mobile DJing just to sort of put a bit more money in my pocket. Um, and I I knew someone that was like a graphic graphic designer and um, web, web uh, developer. Well, he said he was a web developer. At that point, I, I didn't know anything about coding or web development. And he offered to build me a website uh, for my mobile DJ and things so I could try and market myself a bit more and, and, and start moving towards maybe that as a more of a full-time job and not be working in the in the bank. Yeah. Um, that never happened. <laughs> It, oh. it never happened. He never built me the website. And in fact, he's, <laughs> he still owns a domain name. I've had, You're like, I've registered a different domain name now, but he, 
He <laughs> still owns the original domain name, but I haven't seen him for about three or four years. That jerk owes you a website. <laughs> yeah, so no website for me. So if you're uh, listening to this, Mike uh, requires a website ASAP. Well, <laughs> that was back then. I, I then said, right, if he's not going to build it, let me have a look. Let's see how hard it really is to build a website. So I bought some books, bought some books on HTML, bought some books on WordPress, um, and taught myself. I've started reading about HTML, and mm-hmm. I remember how, being, um, sorry? How, how old were you? Oh, God. Hang on, I've got, do, I've got to do some maths now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, shoot you didn't expect to come on here and have to do math no <laughs> God, no um well i'm i'm 41 now so okay. i would say i'd say that's about five years ago so mid 30s oh okay mid, all right mid, yeah mid 30s i went right okay I'm, I'm so you started to... kind of late too yes yeah definitely yeah no definitely um so i started looking at it and i remember sitting on holiday sitting on the sun lounger um, reading this book about HTML, reading it and thinking, actually, this isn't as hard as you think it is. A lot of this really makes sense to me, like the, the syntax and how HTML works. It just makes sense. Yeah. So um, at that point, I, I had a little think. Uh, I, I'd always had this idea for a computer game in the back of my head from my early 20s. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, so if this doesn't seem too bad, how easy is it to program a game? So I started doing some research and looking at what languages do I need to learn to to um, to uh, write a, a computer game. And a lot of people were pointing me to um, C++. And then I read an article which was really interesting that said, uh, the, first, the, like, the first lines were said, I'm going to tell you why you should not write your first game in c plus plus and you should write it in, <laughs> you should write it in c sharp instead oh okay at, at the end of it you're still going to write it in c plus plus okay that's a bit weird you're telling me not to be, <laughs> you expect me to anyway so i read the article and it was really really interesting and it was it, it, it used an example of um golf and tiger woods that if you were to go and buy the same clubs that tiger woods uses you're not going to play as well as tiger woods in fact you're probably going to play worse with sure. those clubs than if you went and bought a beginner set of clubs right because they are so honed to what he does it's the so that the article trying to say that c plus plus is for the pros that have been programming for a while if yeah, you're just yeah. getting into it try try c sharp so I started learning C sharp whilst on holiday. That ho- that actual holiday got the laptop out and and started learning C sharp off off of uh, YouTube videos and and things. And by the end of the holiday, I was I was having these doing these little things where um, in the command line it would ask you to to write in your name mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. your, then your surname. Then it would write back to you saying hello, so and so, how old are you? And, 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 and a few little just a few sure. lines of code. And I thought oh, this. This isn't as hard as I always thought it would be. It felt right. computer programming to me was something that I'd never be able to do. I thought, no, mm-hmm. that's way beyond me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not intelligent like that at all. I mean, that's so, that's that's kind of my 
that's kind of my story too. Like mm-hmm. I really, I avoided programming like the plague because mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, I wouldn't be able to understand it or it'd be too hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I basically started learning C sharp. Um, whilst I was doing that, I was, uh, I was made redundant from the bank. Um, that was 2014. So 2014, I was made redundant from the bank and I was just learning C sharp at the time. And then I went and worked at a secondary is, school. Is that a layoff? Yes, layoff. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I had a fa- fairly nice sort of. It was a uh, planned. Everyone was like, "We're going to make. We haven't got jobs for you anymore. Here's your package." Sure. Uh, they gave us some um, some help with trying to okay. find a new job and things like that. And they tried to find us placements within the company elsewhere. Oh. Uh, okay. For me, it did nothing worked. That so I I did leave the company. Um, and uh, I got a job at a local secondary school. Oh, okay. As the uh, drama technician, so doing mm. lights and sound full time, which is great because that's something I've been trying to do for for a few years now. And I really enjoyed that. And I, I um, was uh, part of my job had to, I had to do an after school club where I taught students how to do the sound and light in theatre. So I really, really enjoyed sort of passing on my knowledge to to secondary school uh, students. Uh, And that was a a lot of fun. And I kind of stepped away from the programming for a a little bit because I just found I didn't have the time to sit and learn programming and Mm -hmm. do the job. My, My daughter at the time was getting really into football, so I was doing football training and football games and uh my stepdaughter swims competitively so she, her, her swimming was getting a lot more intense so a lot more um training days so everything was getting a lot of uh, running around for the kids so it's like i di- didn't really have time couldn't find the time to actually do um do any sitting down and doing any coding so it kind of yeah fizzled out a bit and then for me, it's really bizarre. I watched a motivational video with Arnold Schwarzenegger that completely changed my way of thinking. Oh, interesting. How life works and how right. the day should shape out. And it's really, really interesting. So it, it, it's a, he's been interviewed on stage. Um, and I can't remember what the, it's for, but he's been interviewed on stage. And he talks about how when he, came, when he went over to America... He, he, he was a laborer on the building site, uh, but he'd go to the gym for about three hours in the morning before starting work. And after work, he'd then go to act, acting classes in the evenings. And, and, you, and you, you think, look at it and go, how did he actually have time to do all that? That is just incredible what he did to try and make yeah. it in the world. And then oh, yeah. he, he, he sort of acknowledges that people are thinking that in the audience. Said, right, so he starts breaking down um, your your day so you say so right you're traveling to work you do you work you you probably eat for a couple of hours a day and uh, and then did all the sums and, and said well that leaves you with six hours to sleep like, okay yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's six hours that's that's not a lot and then he, no. he, he makes this joke that uh, someone in the audience is looking at him goes no i need eight hours of sleep uh, a day i can't live on six hours of sleep and he said this is <laughs> this is my advice to you and he looks and he looks at this person in the front row i'm sure he, it's like a plan or something like that and he says sleep faster <laughs> sleep faster 
Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> and I just sat there and mind blown. <laughs> uh, my, my mind was, was absolutely blown. And from that day onwards, I started getting up at sort of half past five, six o'clock every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I studied. I studied computer programming every morning. Um, and I was doing, still doing C sharp then. And I carried on every, I was just pushing myself every every morning, getting up. Everyone else is asleep. I get about an hour to an hour and a half every morning. Um, were you were you doing books or or video doing, or what were you doing? Videos, watch going through videos on YouTube and coding as as I was watching the videos. So I was writing okay. out the code YouTube. as they were showing. So yeah, YouTube. Um, did I have Udemy then? I don't know if yeah. I discovered Udemy at that point. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, I, might be not. <laughs> I can't remember now. Um, I discovered it in 2016, so yeah, yeah, that's um, probably a couple of years. Yeah, so I, as that was going on, that so that sort of towards it was probably around sort of 16, 20, 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just trying to get the timings right now because oh yeah, no problem. That's, the whole thing with the pandemic has just thrown everyone's timings out of the window. <laughs> Dude, it screwed everything up. <laughs> it's um, messed a lot of things up. Um, yeah, it really has, including timing and, and oh. what, you know, trying to get events right. We, we like, tend when did to this me- happen? And yeah, then you we, try to... We tend to measure everything, whether it was before COVID or after yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think they need to make a new uh, calendar thing, you know, like <laughs> yeah. we had BC and now we have to have uh, <clears throat> AC for after COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we seem to using COVID as a big sort of uh, yeah. focal point to measure. Yeah, we can um, keep we can keep BC because that works for before COVID. <laughs> yes, yeah, <we> could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all right, so I'm thinking. So it must have been about 2019. Okay. Uh, no, 2018. So yeah, sort Easter time, two thousand eighteen. Um, I was still working at the school, but the uh, the network manager who looked after the computer network was retiring, and one of the network technicians was leaving. So that left mm. one person running the whole school. Um, yeah, and we've got one of the biggest schools in Milton Keynes. We're we're talking over sort of, uh, I think it's about three thousand students, and then about two hundred to two fifty staff. So it's, it's for us in Milton Keynes, that's quite a big, big high uh, secondary school. Okay. All so right. one person running the network for that was a bit ludicrous. So they started advertising for a network technician. And I thought, oh, that might be interesting. Another way, and just something different to do. Because at the time, I was, I was starting to see that there's no progression for me in the job I was doing. I am just the this technician i look after all the lights i like all their shows i teach it to some of the kids but there's nowhere for me to go in my career right um, and i'm for a theater technician at my that age it's quite hard it's great when you're younger and you've got no dependents you could go and work in london you can go on tour with shows yeah you can, you can have a good time but when you get to the point where you've got kids you've got right. um you've got what like a girlfriend at the time um and you've got a house to pay for and things like you can't do that. Yeah, you can't just uproot your life and go. Yeah. So IT seems like, oh, I might give that a go. So I applied for the job. Shocked everyone apparently because I said, well, we didn't had no idea that you would apply for this job. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm doing a bit of coding. I'm learning a bit of C sharp. I'm quite getting into computing. I, I'm now sort of looking after my own computer. I've learned learned how to uh, turn them off and on again when they go wrong. <laughs> and a bit the, more advanced. The only <laughs> thing you really need to know. Right exactly. There. <laughs> um, and so I thought I'll go for it. it. It's something different for me. I needed a change. I've been doing the technician work for three, four, four, nearly five years at the school. I needed something different. So they, they basically, they gave me the job without an interview, but I still had to do some of the technical sides with the lighting and sound. Sure. So I did a bit of a hybrid. Um, so I basically had to learn uh, computer networking ridiculously fast i mean the learning curve was huge <laughs> but just as i went into the the role um we were combining with another secondary school within the area to to um to have a multi-academy trust which is just a, okay. like a body that looks after multiple schools oh okay right uh, it's quite a common thing now in the uk a lot of schools are now combining so it's not just individual schools they're sort of there's a trust above the schools that look after multiple schools. Okay, yeah, kind um, of a networking. So, yeah, so part of that merger, there was going to be a um, an IT director who was the network manager from the other school, the other high school that we were merging with in, in a way. So he came to me um, and was talking to me about the intranet that he had written that they use in the other school. And they'd like to bring it over to the school that I was working in. And it was called, it was uh, written in a language called PHP. Did I know anything about it? <laughs> and I looked at it and went, I know it's a programming language. That's it. <laughs> Knew nothing else about PHP <laughs> at that point. And he said, Well, you're the only person here that's interested in coding because I know you've been work- learning sort of C sharp. I, I want you to look after it. Why were they using PHP? Isn't that dead? <laughs> ah, no, you see, that, 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 is, that is an argument we can Just kidding. talk about for a long, long time. Um, uh, <laughs> I haven't got all evening. <laughs> you haven't got... Oh, that's um, funny. No, so, yeah, it's a PHP. Well, at the time, I had no idea what PHP is. Yeah. And so I took up the role in Easter, sort of April time of 2018. And September, I'm sure it was 2018. I'm sure probably got the year wrong, but in September of that year. The... It was B- it was BC, before COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, September of that year, we started to implement this intranet into our school. So in that time, I was up every morning, at half five, six o'clock, learning PHP as fast as I could to be able to then take on this this internet and start start introducing like uh feature by feature so it was just this feature is going to go live first then this one then this one and it was a journey it definitely was a journey but i really enjoyed really really enjoyed it and the more i learned about php the more i went oh i've got all these ideas all these little ideas that have been in my head for years it's like this is the perfect language to try and implement some of these these ideas so that's kind of my introduction to to php to start with that's how wow. i started programming um and that's it was, that's crazy yeah and it was in 2020 uh, in november 2020 i got my first full-time uh development role 
And now, did you um, did you stay with that that company, or have you moved companies? No, I have been with the same company for almost two years now. My oh, two nice. year two year anniversary is in November. So they they had you transfer their intranet, or oh yeah, so that no, the, the school I transferred missed... that's okay. So I implemented the intranet in the school that I was working in. Um, okay. Okay. I did, and I started writing new features that weren't there. So I was oh, writing wow. stuff from scratch to add to it that were being implemented in both schools. So um, you you had how much PHP experience at this point? About six months. And about how much programming experience did you have at that point? Um, well, I'd been sort of tinkering with it since sure. about 2014. So, okay. But it literally was on and off, and I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. When I started, I didn't really understand uh, basic uh, programming uh, mm -hmm. structures. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how to solve simple problems with different things like loops and stuff and all those sorts of things. I didn't really know that when I right. started looking at PHP. Wow. So my my knowledge was really, I, I would say, was really small at the time when I took, at the time. started to learn PHP in readiness to start implementing this internet yeah so i i, I learned quick and fast but i was yeah only, you... i was still only really programming writing programming sort of a couple of hours a week because okay. i had so much other work to do to keep the network running and right. making sure that um like some of the, the strangest things were being called to a classroom because the projector wasn't working and it's just yeah. because it was turned off at the wall <laughs> I, 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 one of the stories is I literally walked into a classroom yeah. and the teacher looked at me and goes there's no lights on the projector it's just not turning on I looked mm. at the wall, flicked the switch and walked straight back out again without saying a word <laughs> I was like, uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've not only heard so many stories like that but I've also experienced so many things like that it's it's mind blowing um, how, how much or how little people really know about the technology they mm. use day to day, including, you know, turning something off and back on. When I was in cell phone sales, I used to do a lot more support than I did sales. Um, I'd have people come in and their, their phone, they'd have an app that was just doing, it was not responding. It was just not doing mm. anything. And they're like, I closed the app and reopened it and it's doing the same thing. So I'd ask them, when was the last time you turned your phone off and back on? <laughs> and they would look at me and they'd be like thinking about it. And they would say, well, never, you know, I've had my phone for two years and I've never turned it off or mm. yeah, however long, you know, sometimes phones will re reboot themselves if they update, but that's the only time their phone had ever been turned off. Yeah. So I'm like, well, turn it off <laughs> and back on and it would fix the problem. It's so, so many people, you know, they just, they just don't really, they don't know a whole lot about the technology they use, including, including just powering off and back on, which fixes probably a good 98% of issues with technology. Uh, oh yeah. But we know that because we're into it. In yeah. Whatever yeah. Form. I didn't know that 10 years ago. Okay. If I think back to when I was completely like te not technophobe, 
as such, mm-hmm. but I didn't know yeah. anything about tech 10 years ago. Right. I didn't understand why turning something off and on again would work. I yeah. didn't know why. So that is one thing we I think we have to take into consideration when we're dealing with people that are outside of the tech industry. I mean, in the, in the UK, I, they always say a bit of a sitcom called The IT Crowd, where it's an yeah. ongoing joke where the, yeah. it was three people working in a, a an office um, office building as IT technicians. And there's one that would do, literally would be, well, like playing a computer game on his computer or, or watching <laughs> videos or doing something and just pick up the phone. And before he said anything, we just say, just have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> click and then put, and then put the phone down <laughs> and it, so it's a running joke but people yeah. don't work in the industry don't understand why right or even think of that as the first thing we do mm-hmm. because we we're We've now it. conditioned to do it mm-hmm. that's the first sure. thing we try because we know that things can just get messed up in in, in the background yeah yeah but as a user you don't always think of that because it, it's not it's not what mm-hmm. we would say is common sense. Right, you kind of right. have to learn to understand why that is yeah. the solution to that issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's not, right. It's for, for a non-tech person, that's not common sense. Like the common sense thing would be to close the app and reopen it if it's on a phone. Yeah. Or, you know, and the same with on a computer. If you've got, you know, a an app or an application or something that, or a website that's not responding, you just close it and reopen it, you know, and sometimes that works, but yeah. Or if, uh, if the printer is not connecting, um, you know, sometimes powering it off and back on, you know, but yeah, people don't, for us, those are like super basic troubleshooting that should be done first. And for most people that aren't, uh, necessarily, uh, tech savvy or in, you know, knowledgeable about their tech that's not something that they would try first no exactly so okay so you you do you still currently work for the school no um so sorry okay. um to continue the story so in 2020 um again i realized that although i was getting to do a bit of programming i was getting a bit of doing the, the theater tech and i was doing learning a lot about network management network management was like I, not your passion bit, my heart was not in it it wasn't my passion i really loved the time where i could stick my headphones on and and just code right figure problems out using code mm-hmm. someone come to me and say we want this to do this can you make it happen yes right. i can um, and I was really enjoying that. And it was become, becoming very clear to me that that is kind of what I wanted to do. So I started talking to the teachers at the school about possibly doing some sort of qualification through the school that the, the students would do. So what we call A-levels. So doing like a computer science A-level, which is the A-levels are the ones that you would take at 18. So you would study them from the age of um, 16 to 18. Okay. So I think, is there a way, because I've heard of other people doing like the English or maths or things like that whilst working at the school and Mm -hmm. then just sitting the exam in the exam hall with the other students at the end of, end of the year. And they just sit at the back. Um, So being able to retake some of their, their uh, qualifications that maybe they didn't do very well in, 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 
when they were at secondary school for the first time around. So um, I did start talking to them about that. We looked into it. Unfortunately, it wasn't possible due to um, a large chunk of the course needed you to do what was called control controlled conditions. Okay. So that's you're programming labs. A, something whatever but you're doing it in a classroom under supervision so you're okay, not yeah. being able to cheat as it were yeah that's kind so of like because old... of that the, the logistics didn't really work so i i didn't in the end i didn't do that but what i did um do my, my uh my wife bought me the textbooks that they use within the school for that level for computer okay. science for my birthday in may and that was may 2020 and i thought oh cool so as part of me still getting up really early in the morning, doing a bit of learning PHP, I also integrated going through these textbooks and learning the computer science at their their level. There's their um, okay, their, 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 that sort of level, the A level, um, right? And it just got me thinking. I'm thinking like, I'd really like to actually somehow have an official certificate to show that I have completed some sort of course mm -hmm. officially in computer science because I left school at 16. Um, people all told me when I was at 16, there was, education wasn't for me. You're not going to do anything, be able to do anything that's um, sort of academic, as we would, I would say. It's more physical. I should be doing physical jobs rather than academic jobs. Um, and I just... I just had this burning desire to prove every, everyone wrong. Really yeah. wanted to prove everyone wrong. And I sat down with my wife and we, just, we started looking at it. Um, and we came across this, they say, um, it's an organisation called the Open University, which yeah. is actually based in Milton Keynes. So it's literally just down the road from me. In fact, I, I think we talked about it uh, in message. Um, okay, yeah. Because we, I go there quite often because I'm also a member of the Milton Keynes Chess Club, which meets at the, the Open University. Oh, okay. So we right. had to look, and this organisation offers people the ability to do degrees, um, but from home. So you oh. don't need to attend classes. You are just given your, your books, and you study them, and you do tests at the end of them. You send it all off, a tutor marks it all, and so on and so forth. So we looked at mm -hmm. it looked at it and I start, well, basically started a computer science degree um, back in 2020. Um, yep. I recently just finished, uh, submitted an, my last assignment for what you would class as your first year of university. So I've now finished my first year of university and just about to start in, onto the set, what would be classed as second year. Um, and the nature of doing it at home is it's part time, so I'm, it's actually mm -hmm. going to take me twice as long. So a three year course is actually going to take me six years to to complete. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it for two years, which is the first year. So it what? started started that off in um, October of 2020. What sort of um, what sort of time do you have to put in per day for that? Um, at the moment, um, I I'm needing to put about 20 hours a week in. 20 hours a week. Okay. Yeah, about 20 right. hours a week is the easiest way for That's me to That's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's it's difficult with two teenagers and to sure. find time. Yeah. But again, I get up at half five, six o'clock in the morning and I now study my uh, my uh, university textbooks mm -hmm. and, and do all that in the mornings. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably I'm now, doing that. I'm in that routine of getting up early to do that. And I do some in the yeah. evenings 
um, like if the if the wife is out in the evening um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, and I'm home alone, I'll then do some more studying. Are you able to get ahead or cut time off of that? Um, I could do. Um, the way I'm like, doing it is I'm I'm utilizing something we have in the UK, which is student loans. Um, so I'm not actually paying any money towards this course yet. Right. I'm getting a loan from the government, which I'll start paying off. Uh, the end of the next academic year, I'll have to start paying off. It's 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 something like nine percent of my salary will be going out. So it's actually done from my employers will pay out of my wages. So I don't really see oh. the money. I'm not going to miss it. It's, and it's 9%. Okay. 9% isn't a lot. So I shouldn't really miss it. So, yeah. Um, but because I'm doing it as part time, there's a cap to how much I'm allowed to borrow from the government each year. If I, I was to, If I wanted to do more, so if I wanted to do, so at the moment I can do two modules a year. If I wanted to do yeah. a third module in a year, I'd have to pay that out of my own money because that goes over the limit that the government. The amount that they've, yeah. So you could do. I mean, it's you could do it in three years if you're not not at uh, not working. You could possibly you could do the the degree in three years, but you would have to pay out of your own pocket half of it. So you said it's nine percent. Yeah, we 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 paid back nine percent of our wage. At the moment, unless it's okay. changed. Okay, we just see. had announcements of budgets, and I've not looked in to see if that's changed. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so it's nine percent of your wage. Yeah. Um. For what? How long of a period? Uh, it's. I think, if I remember rightly, it goes for thirty years, and after thirty years, whatever's left to pay is written off. Oh, okay. So basically, I'm never going to pay off the the whole of the loan. So it's it's a big ass loan. It, it will be a bit. I mean, it's something in the region of about six and a half uh, no sorry let me try and remember what it is it's about three and a half thousand pounds a year oh okay six years so six years all right three so so roughly oh we'll we'll call it uh roughly three thousand dollars a year for college roughly yeah that's that's not i mean that's not horrible yeah, for over, over a six year over a six, over a year, six year period. period. Yeah. Um so that would that's about eighteen thousand. That's about yeah. eighteen thousand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um it is comparable to if I if I was to go to university for three years and yeah. to study. Um but I need to pay bills right. and mortgage, so I need to work at the same time because I'm doing it as part yeah. time. Um so that that's something I started twenty twenty and at the same sort of time as I started that. Um, I'd started looking at job postings just to mm-hmm. see what people, what were the jobs out there. And yeah. you, you joke about PHP being dead. Um, <laughs> just the a joke. Of, just I, know, a I, joke. Know, I know. I know it's a joke. And it's I don't, I don't want Eric Van Johnson, you know, <laughs> coming <laughs> <Yes>. after me. <laughs> I, I've listened to your previous podcasts. <laughs> um, so um, I, I, I just remember thinking that there are a lot of, of of job postings for PHP developers, so yeah. PHP is definitely not dead. Definitely, looking, definitely not. Definitely dead. looking for a lot of people. Yeah, um, the language. There were in... ridiculous, ridiculous postings, which I'm sure you've seen and I've heard you talk about with other guests on on your on your podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Things like a junior dev with five years experience of PHP knowing Laravel, you need to know 
<laughs> JavaScript. You need to know this. You need to know yeah. that. You need to know the name of my dog. Yeah, they went to a full stack. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, what? And it's insane. You want someone, a junior dev, to do that, right? And and, and that's and that's kind of across the the whole spectrum of tech. It is. Like most it's, of these job postings are are to to coin or to borrow a phrase from you, bloody ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's 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 insane, and I was listening to your latest episode yesterday uh-huh, yeah. on the way back and my drive back from the office. So oh yeah, I went, mm-hmm. I went into the office yesterday. And I've got about forty five minutes to an hour drive, so I was listening to that podcast, and I can't remember the chap's name that you were you were talking to. Um, uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn Myers. Yes, and he was talking some really really interesting advice about how to get your first job in tech, actually. I yeah, he had, really, really, really good. What you were saying? But yeah, he was a lot saying, of really good. Advice. He was saying about how advert the the job postings are, are silly for for junior dev for someone to get in at the bottom level, and it surprises me that everyone I talk to that are developers say mm-hmm. exactly the same thing. Yeah. So why are companies still getting it wrong? If we if all the developers are saying that's a s- stupid advert for a, for a, a junior dev. Surely there's got to be some tech managers that are saying the same thing and saying, no, we, yeah. we, we can't put out a job post like that if you want to have a junior debt. It, yeah, it blows yeah. my mind. It feels like that there's just no communication between mm-hmm. the actual developers right. and the management or the, management. the recruiters yeah. or the HR departments, whoever it is that writes these ads, it's insane. Right. So, I, and I would, I, I would think the recruiters probably know more about what their clients want, and it's more the the job posting. And I, you know, I don't know this for sure. I'm just, you know, spitballing. You know, um, I don't, I know very little about, you know, recruiters and what they do, other than recruiting people. Yeah, um, I don't really know what they do. Either. But, but you know, the, the job postings, I think that are that are mostly skewed or weird or crazy are done more by HR than they would be by a recruiter. Mm. I would think a recruiter would, would be a little closer to the pulse of what a company needed. You would like to think so. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, again, I don't like know. So. But... It's, it's, it's <laughs> odd. But yeah. Um, I just remember going through all these, these adverts and I, yeah. um, I happened to come across um, one that was looking for someone with one year's PHP experience holy crap and one whole year was, just once that was it no other requirements were they paying apart, like apart from understanding laravel as well so, okay all right so, so it's php one year's php experience and some sort of knowledge of laravel but not necessary and i yeah. looked to my wife and i said look, look at this job post this is i've not seen anything like this this is like a perfect entry-level job is it a scam <laughs> well i didn't know at the time no, i'm just kidding and I just, no no <laughs> that's what I you're mean, thinking though right it could be it could be and i sat there and looked at it and went and she said why don't you apply for it okay i'll, I'll apply for the job then okay so I, I did my cv that night with her my my wife i wouldn't be anywhere without her <laughs> she, <laughs> she she proofreads everything i do She's absolutely incredible of trying to take anything I write and just changing it just slightly and making it sound a hundred times better. 
Okay, so I'll pass you my CV and you can get her to read it and just pass it off as one of yours. I'll try. Um, So we we did my CV. I I applied for it. And um, we started then looking into the the, uh, company. And we started doing our research of the the company, um, which is a big thing. I, I would say if you're going to apply for a job, research the company. Mm-hmm. research everything you can find about that company um look at even things like my 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 wife is an accountant she's a finance director and uh, she would she will look on at look at the past um like accounts that they've they've uh, they have put in to check that they were a legitimate uh, company yeah um check that they weren't going under and right. things like that. So she would, she would do all that research. Okay. And we did all that that night uh, and into the next day. And we found, well, she found the owner of the company on LinkedIn mm. and saw that he'd posted a post saying that he'd just won some uh, a grant for a project that they were working on. Um, and they're really excited and that they were looking for PHP developers please send in your CV. And she said to me, that I found this. You need to reply to this post. Yeah, I said, "What? Well, I can't do that." I said, "No." And she took my phone off me. (laughs) (laughs) Replied to the post. She's like, "We're replying to this." Yeah, replied to the post. Said, "Uh, "Amazing news! You've got the the money for the the grant for this project. Um, I have sent in my CV to you yesterday. Can I check that you received it?" And I think, "Oh my god!" Nice. There goes my. This is just. Yeah. everything. A couple of hours later, I get a message back from him and saying, yes, got your CV. We need to talk. Wow. Okay. So I, uh, I had an interview, my first interview over zoom, which was the most bizarre thing in the world. I'm telling you, it's, <laughs> it's quite, it's weird doing an uh, interview. Over yeah. Zoom. And I just remember sitting at my desk at home doing this interview and I put my headphones on and the, the headphones that I had at the time were ones that cancel out a lot of the sort of the background noise. Right. And I'm talking to to this person through Zoom. Obviously, you can hear everything he's saying to me, but I can't hear myself talk, and it was just putting me off. I I kept <laughs> pausing, I kept stuttering, and I'm thinking I can't now take one one of my uh, sides of the headphones off my ear so I can hear myself talk. So that just look weird. So wow. That must, be, <laughs> that must be super uh, noise cancelling. Yeah, they, they were. They were really, they were really, really good. Um, and I, I'm just struggling through this this interview, not being able to hear my own voice. or And so I'm not really sure what tone I'm using. I'm hoping that it's all just coming across really not. Like I'm, yeah. I have, I have not got a lot of code to show for mm-hmm. what I know. Right. But I was really trying to put the personality and the fact that I'm later on in years, I've mm-hmm. I've done a variety of different things where I've had to deal with lots of different types of people. So and that that life experience is is something that I've built up built up over time. So you feel like the life experience really helped you? Uh, definitely did. I know for a fact now because I actually got that job. Okay, <laughs> so been, for... I've been with them for nearly nearly two years now. Um, yeah. So. So for people, people thinking that maybe their age uh, right. is a barrier to getting a, a tech job, um, it's it's probably more helpful than than anything I would imagine. 
The thing, the thing is, it, it, it depends. It's sort of one of the biggest phrases is, is it depends. It depends, yeah. The, the gentleman, the, the, the person that I was being interviewed by is, owns the company. It's a small company. There's only about 10 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the only web developer. Uh, we develop um, AR and VR content for headsets, oh. and mobile devices. And my role is to build the admin panels for the apps that they build and the databases and the APIs. Okay, so you're so building that in. You're using Laravel and PHP for that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm pretty much always in, in Laravel. I've just done a few projects where we've been using, um, been putting um, AR into a website where mm. I've, it's just, it's just, uh, JavaScript, HTML, CSS, or or I, I use. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Tailwind CSS. Yeah, so Tailwind. Quite a few of my, my okay. projects. Okay. So, um, so let me get this straight. You're working on AR projects, and you're using a dead language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That, yeah. That's great. That that uh, you know, PHP is really everywhere and used everywhere. It's not just uh, you know complete back end or no um well the the i'm 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 sure eric's talked to you about um livewire which is part of the package within laravel which allows you to write um javascript but in php right and if i if i have to do any javascript i'm reaching for the livewire first yeah. I try and do everything in Livewire. I, I avoid JavaScript like the plague. <laughs> um, <laughs> no doubt. I, I, I feel like PHP and Elixir are very similar in that, as far as uh, people mm-hmm. doing them. Um, and that, you know, avoiding JavaScript is a is a uh, one of the things they like to do. Or, you know, I mean, I don't like JavaScript either. I'll be completely honest. And no, you know, I'm not... I'm not disparaging anybody that likes JavaScript either. You know, I think every everybody kind of has a language that they like to work in or and mm-hmm. a language that kind of fits them, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely agree. Completely and agree. Uh, JavaScript just doesn't fit me at all. No. I've tried and failed. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to the, the point of the life experience. Uh, yeah, it yeah. Depends. I, I was lucky. I mean, I um, got a message after that interview. I got a message a couple of days after saying, "Can can mm-hmm. we talk? I just want to um, talk about the interview." Right. And I'm thinking, okay, but I've not got this job. There's no way I've got this job. And but luckily, I had been doing a little pro- private project that I did send to him for a bit of an example of my code. Yeah. Um, I was lucky. I wasn't getting asked to do any live coding tests or a take-home coding test. I didn't do any coding tests at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which was one of the factors of going for a tech job that really worried me. So in this situation, I didn't do it. I didn't. It, it wasn't something that he asked me to do. So I, I got on the got at home because I was working, still working in school. So it was my lunch break. Luckily, the school's only just over the road from where we live. So I came home. We did the Zoom call again, and he spent about ten to fifteen minutes explaining to me why I wasn't good for the job that he was looking for. That he'd Although he had got about 50 applicants for the role, he selected five for interview process. So I was just chuffed with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm five out of 50. That, that's pretty good to get an interview, I thought, if there's 50 people applying. 
Right. Yeah. And I, I just think it's as it was going on about people they'd interviewed having a lot more experience. This uh, and now I'm thinking oh, I'm not, I haven't got this job. Mm-hmm. He then talked about how he's looking for someone that's going to fit in the team and the personalities he's already got in the team because it's a small team. Yeah. He's got to be really careful with who he employs with personalities, make sure there's no clashes and mm-hmm. we're all going to get, get on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he then said, that's why I want to give you a job. <laughs> wow. Because of the personality, the life experiences and things like that. So, uh, uh-huh. As I say, it depends. There are companies out there that sure. have got big teams, right? And they 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 want someone with a lot of experience that can hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when I started the job uh, back in uh, twenty twenty, it was a learning curve, massive. Like I had, I started no in November, and I was given all these code bases that I needed to now maintain. That I had <laughs> the projects they've got live that are out there, and I'm yeah. looking at it, I'm going. I have absolutely no idea what this is. Yeah. And, that's crazy. And there's no one for me to ask because I am the only PHP developer in hmm. the company. So although I really enjoy the working in the company, the people I work with are great. We all get on really well. It's, it was a great fit. Um, the only thing I, I struggle with is I don't have someone reading my code to tell me, oh, okay, your code works, but you could do it like this, which would be a bit better. Yeah. I don't have that code review process. I review my own code. Right, right. So, I guess that's the, I guess that's the downside of, of being the only, the only one. Yeah. Um, so the, not the last guy I interviewed, maybe it was the, the guy before that. I'm trying to think if I've released this episode. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was episode three. Um, so he was a solo developer. He's a solo developer for his company, of solo okay. full stack guy, and he's kind of in the same boat. Like, um, you know, not a ton of coding experience, but landed a really good uh, position. Mm-hmm. I think he said he'd been in it for maybe three or four months, and he's a solo uh, full stack um, developer. They're doing. Um, I don't remember exactly what he's working on, but he doesn't have anybody that, you know, to review his code or, or, you know, to ask questions. So obviously, you know, he spends a lot of time with uh, online communities, you know, asking questions or, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's obviously ways to to find out what you need, but yeah, um, there's probably some benefit to, uh, I'd say there's probably, there is benefit to having, someone over you that's much more experienced um, just for the sake of being able to ask questions and get help. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think um, the PHP Ugly, I'm part of the Discord uh, uh, channel for PHP Ugly, and Mm -hmm. I don't think I've actually answered any questions in there that are related (laughs) to tech. I've only ever asked questions. Sure. (laughs) So I mean... I feel a bit bad that I'm leaning on everyone in that group. Because but those I guys are great. They are. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had so much good advice. Uh, Eric is brilliant. I mean, he's he's yeah. helped me out a few times, and we've done some Zoom calls to try and help me out with a few bits and pieces. Oh, that's um, awesome. That's yeah, really awesome. Yeah, we, it's, 
time timing issues it's hard because i'm in the uk mm. they're in the us it's hard to try and find a time when we're both available but he has yeah. jumped on a couple of zoom calls in the past where he's helped me out with uh little things like setting up um mm. uh, development environments back when um we both used to use uh, a, a thing called devil box i think mm. i think he's moved on now and i i've moved on i lose i i use uh something called lando which is uh like a um it's the best way to it's, it's, it's um, trying to think of the right words now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Docker containers. I suppose it's a framework oh, to be able okay. to use Docker uh, easier. And it's yeah, uh, yeah. Really, it's great um, because I'm using, I'm quite often projects, I'm jumping from different PHP versions all the time. Right. And Lando makes it really, really easy for me to be running different php versions on on the computer at the same time so i can jump from from project to project quite easily lando okay i'm just i'm just looking it up real quick uh instant dev uh, environments lando.dev is that right yeah that's the one yep okay i think one Um, of the lando developers is actually part of php ugly's uh, discord oh that's cool so that's quite quite nice sure there's one someone there um that that's part of the development team that work on that. So you can, we can I'll always... put a, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for anybody yeah. that might be interested. It's a good way to start, understand, start using Docker without having to learn all the ins and outs of it. Because I found it very confusing to understand how that worked. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's helped to help, help me a lot, uh, with that. Cause it's just a quick, um, config file that you put in with your, your code. Right, you run Lando start. As long as you've got it installed on the system, obviously you put Lando yeah, start. Yeah. It, it spins up the the, the uh, containers that you need for that project. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's pretty simple and easy, to be honest. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, probably getting started with uh, uh, Docker is usually more difficult if you're just doing it from scratch. Yeah, I, I found it I've very never, difficult to get my I've, head around it. I've never used Docker, so I don't. <clears throat> I don't know a whole lot about it mm. other than I've heard people talk about it, you know, using containers and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And um, when Kubernetes first came out, I'm like, what the hell is a Kubernetes? It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I've never <laughs> used it either. So I have no <laughs> idea how that works. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. Um, that's funny though. So you, you said you've had to, you've had to kind of lean on the PHP ugly community a little bit for help here and there. Yeah, yes. So there's quite a few times that I've had to sort of just post a question. I've been Googling away for most of the day trying to fix something or get something to work, and I can't get it working. <laughs> uh, and, then I, and then I reach for, for Discord and, and sort of big cry for help. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got, I'm in so many Discord channels. Um, I don't even, I haven't even counted how many, uh, you know, there's so many so many different channels you could be in and it's so easy to build, build up. I've got friends that have discords that I talk to them on. And then I've got, um, just, you know, a bunch of different programming languages and, and groups. Um, I, th- I feel like Discord's kind of the, it's, it's a really good alternative to, uh, using stack overflow or something like that, especially if you just, you want kind of a, a um the ability to maybe get a little more instant feedback because sometimes getting questions answered on uh, stack overflow or online you know forums takes a while 
Yeah, it can. Uh, I still find with Discord, if I post something, it will take a while to come in. But that's because most of the people on Discord are probably in the States and there's yeah. quite a bit of a time difference for me. So I'm I'm working away whilst most of... Uh, most most of them asleep. Mm-hmm, <laughs> well, mm-hmm. So after that, and then I get lots of messages whilst I'm eating my tea. People trying to help me. It's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll try all these options tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, up. yeah. Uh, have you tried any other uh, Discord communities? Like maybe a, a another PHP Discord? Um, I I'm in uh, Laravel. I'm in the Laravel community. Um, okay. On Discord. Yeah, I think that one's kind of big. Um, that's that's pretty uh, and a Vim. I'm a, I'm a, a, a Neo Vim user for my text editor, so I'm in the Vim oh, support you're, group. On you're one of those. <laughs> I'm one of those. I, there's quite a few people that back me up. So you, you must be <laughs> Eric's favorite. <laughs> Possibly. I don't. <laughs> I know he was a big. Uh, he was a big Vim user. I'm not sure if no. he's still. I know he. I, he still is. He still is. Yeah. As okay. far as I'm aware, he is. <laughs> I was gonna say. I know he uses uh, all the Vim hotkeys and stuff for every dev environment that he ever has to use. Yes. Like he, yeah. He's in VS Code using Vim hotkeys and shortcuts <laughs> and. Yeah. Um, I have never figured out how to use Vim, and uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I just never really tried it, but um, it it almost feels like a terminal. It is, yeah. It's, it's kind. Of, it's so, all sort of right. It all runs in in the. In all the runs right in the terminal. Yeah. So um, it's 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 very, it's different, uh, unless you came up kind of using that sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, um, it's it's a bit of a learning curve. I've only been doing it sort of this year. Um, okay. I've um the, the the reason why I I try I've tried it out is because I have um sort of tendonitis in both of my wrists mm, um, okay is, all right uh, from i'm a drummer yeah so I, I've, I've had self-taught drummers so i had bad technique in the first years of drumming so i've, I I've mean, built up some bit of pain in the wrists <laughs> yeah so i'm trying i was trying to avoid having to use a mouse and the and you, in vim you never use a mouse so right yeah um, you don't I've, it's all like hotkeys right yeah no it's all hotkeys and i found a really <laughs> good um series of uh videos on youtube on how to use neovim and i started to follow that and i basically just threw myself in the deep end and just stopped (laughs) using vs code and php storm and just went straight neovim and went well i'm going straight into neovim and just going for it it's going to force me to have to do all the landing Mm -hmm. and i'm nowhere near as good as most of the people that used vim i've got a long way to to go i still sure. still sort of uh, bash on the the j and k keys more than i should do to go left and right um, <laughs> rather than doing like jumping by word or jumping to the end I'll, I'll hold the keys down so i've got a long way to go yeah to to become a true sort of vim user um but you feel like that that kind of helps you with your um oh. with your tendonitis Yes, yeah, because I'm my now my wrists are pretty much staying in the same position the whole time because it's all just moving oh. my fingers around the keyboard. Yeah, um, yeah, I have an ergonomic keyboard as well that I use, which is a, a split keyboard, so I can mm-hmm. get yeah. it sort of more of like my shoulder width apart and things like that, so I feel a lot more comfortable when I'm typing. Yeah, um, those are those are really nice. 
but it's so ingrained in me now that I'll go to things like Discord and then try and press K to go right for something. And all I'm doing is pressing K in the speech, in the, the message bar at the bottom. It's like, no, okay. Or go into a turn, jump into the terminal to, to uh, write something and I'll, I'll, um, I'll be mm -hmm. doing a, a command. And then, oh no, I've, I've got to go back. I've spelt something wrong and I'll, I'll start hitting the J key to go to the left to go back to go <laughs> into a character to change it and all i've got is j across my my uh, um terminal window now because i've just held j down and so <laughs> it's so ingrained into me now that I, yeah I, i'm gonna do gonna have to look at things like that, that eric does is actually have the bindings on pretty much anything that he uses mm. because i'm just automatically pressing those buttons to move around when actually that that particular application doesn't recognize it. Right, right. I, I'm thinking, like, I I would like to try it sometime. So maybe that's maybe that'll be my next uh, sort of if I decide to jump in a rabbit hole project. Um, I Here wonder. We go. Here we go. I'll send you if I'll find the uh, series of uh, videos and I'll send that over to you in in the chat. So oh yeah, that would be great. I'll, I'll add that to the really, show notes really also. Yeah, I found that really interesting and easy to sort of help me to get start doing it step by it's step by step of everything that you, you you need to do to get the hang of it. So, Are you using straight up Vim or what is what is it? I'm using NeoVim. NeoVim, okay. Yeah. I've heard. Oh, what's the what's the difference between that and Vim? That is a very good question. <laughs> is there an answer? <laughs> I'm sure there is an answer. <laughs> um, my my understanding, um, NeoVim is a branch of Vim. Okay. Um, but it's Vim has got its own language that it's written in. I believe, if I'm right, if I might, you might have to get someone else to correct you on this, me on this, because I'm not 100% sure, but sure. Uh, NeoVim uses Lua as a language, so you can write Oh, that's Lua. cool. Um, and I'm, I, it's just, I think I've just heard probably Eric talk about it and other people talk about it. There's a few other people in the PHP um, sort of world that I, I listen to podcasts of and they talk about using NeoVim. So I just went straight to NeoVim rather than just using Vim. Um, right. I am a Linux user. I, I've been using Linux for my day-to-day um, -day, yeah. um, OS for a while. And I when I first started learning how to use Linux and how to use the command line more, it was the first sort of thing that I... Um, saw was actually using Vim as the default text editor, editor when dealing with things within the um, the command line. So I started mm -hmm. using Vim quite quickly. So, but without realizing that I was using Vim, if that makes sense, I was just following yeah, instructions yeah. on uh, on a blog post, and I didn't realize I was actually using Vim um, until it sort of all started to fall together, and I started to understand what was going on more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've. I'd say it's it's, it's, I've, it's kind of ingrained in me now. Just the the up down left right keys, hot keys right. that we use, um, they're ingrained in me to the point where I'm I'm using them in programs that they don't do anything apart from print the letters on the screen. So yeah. I'm flipping it, delete all that, and then move, use the arrow keys to move around now. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably be looking at um, using it in other areas now. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have a look at it because um, I don't know. Uh, it 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 looks pretty interesting, and it's something I haven't tried or given a chance. 
So I think I think that might be the next uh, the next thing to kind of test out. I want to see if it works with Elixir also. I would assume okay. it does, but I don't know if it does because I haven't done any digging on it. Um, yeah, so don't know much about Elixir that, myself. So don't yeah, know. that's going to be something I'm going to check out. Yeah. Um, check out next. But um, well, hey, man, I think we're we're just about at the end of our time. I don't want to keep you any longer than I already have. Okay. Um, but. Uh, yeah, would you be uh, interested in coming on again some other time and maybe just uh, talking about some other topics? Or yeah, sure, no problem. All right, awesome, man. Well, I will. Um, I'll let you go, and I'll catch up with you later. Okay. Well, thank you very much for having me. You've been listening to episode seven of the Citizen Coder Podcast. If you'd like to follow Michael, you can find him on Twitter or in the PHP Ugly Discord. Links to those or any other software or websites mentioned are also in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And as always, I'll see you next time.